Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Welcome, everyone. This is Cinnabuds, and I'm Christopher from Milwaukee Film. I'm Dory from 88.9. And this week, we are talking about the film Bones and All. didn't. When the cops get here, you have to be good and gone. I can't help you anymore. I know it's not your fault. You were born this way. You ate them. I believed you had to. I don't know why. This uh, Bones and All is the newest film from Luca Guadagnino, who you will know from who directed Call Me By Your Name and the new Suspiria, the newer Suspiria Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, it stars Mr. Timothy Chalamet, of course, and we also have Taylor Russell. Those are the our leads for this story. Timothy Chalamet yeah. is, uh, every time I think of him, I think of my little niece, Adriana, and I think she would love this film. Would you agree or disagree? This is a story about first love. Yes. This is a story about young people living on the margins of society. Also true. Would you call it an odyssey story or maybe even go as far to say it's a road trip movie? I would say both of those things. Would you call it a <laughs> horror story? Yep. <laughs> Surprise. You know, we'll talk about it in the podcast. I don't want to say too much right now, but this is a love story. I think first and foremost, I think this is a really interesting love story. A lot like Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. But... There is definitely an added element of horror and uh, and darkness in it. So I did not know this movie was a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> so when the horror part started, and we'll talk about that, like Christopher said in the second part, uh, that was a crazy turn of events for me. <laughs> but I kept thinking through the whole movie, this is just about people that are living on the fringes of society that find each other. You know, you grow up and you feel like the odd person out for whatever reason. And then you find someone that has similar experiences like you. And you just want to make that connection because going through life, not having connections with people when you feel like you're the odd person out is so rough. And so for whatever this movie is, all the things this movie is, I thought it was really beautiful as it was grossing me out to yeah. the max. You might be surprised, I was, to learn that this is not only based on a book, but is based on a young adult novel. Uh, which the, <laughs> the only <laughs> The only reason that doesn't totally shock me is that I do know that young adult novels are really advanced these days. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really, you know, teens and kids of that age really can take a lot and I, understand some stuff. I was Judy blooming it yeah, I when I was a young adult. Now young adults are dealing with vampires and supernatural and werewolves yeah. and uh, things that are considered maybe worse. Yes, exactly. But it's really interesting. I immediately put some of her books in my queue. I'm really interested <laughs> to see how this transformed from a young adult book into this film. And for you music fans, the fact that Trent Reznor of Nine Inch yeah. Nails and Atticus Ross made the soundtrack mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, it was really well done. So well done. Well, that puts us uh, right at the point where we can uh, <laughs> yeah. really talk about this in the full-on podcast. Yeah, you have to join us in the podcast. We have a lot to dig in on. Uh, so stick around for the podcast. We'll be right back. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? 
Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, we are back talking about the Luca Guadagnino film, Bones and All. 67 nominations and three wins this yeah. film had. <laughs> um, That's right. So despite their best efforts, all roads led back to their terrifying past. These two young adults, yeah. the focus of the film, the acting in this film was fantastic. Yeah. Judy Robinson from the TV series Lost in Space yeah. was the lead actress, but she looked so different in this film. Oh, I, Taylor Russell was it was the yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And Timothy Chalamet, the little heartthrob yeah. weirdo that he is, was perfect in his role too. It starts off with Marin just having a, a regular day in her life at high school, kind of not getting invited to parties, but clearly having a girl that really kind of sees her and wants to connect with her that invites her over to a sleepover. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> when the girls were at the sleepover and they were under the see-through coffee table, I thought that there was going to be a love story going on yeah. here. The way that Marin's character was looking at the other girl, I did not expect her to reach over and basically gnaw her finger off to the bone. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I knew this was an element, and I also didn't expect that. That was impressive. Like, I'm waiting. F- I didn't realize the element was so ingrained in the film, and we're going to get to it in a minute. Don't worry. We're just teasing this whole time. But there's a scene where you see there's a lock on the girl's door. Her dad, who seems very sweet, but he has a lock on her door on the outside. I'm like, oh, maybe he's not sweet. He's keeping her captive. And I'm like, forgetting that there's this other element. And it all kind of made sense after that. He locked her in there for her own good. So let's just rip the Band-Aid off, pun intended. (laughs) So the film, is it is about these people meeting on the outskirts, like you said, of Mm -hmm. society. But it is because they're, this is... It's not a vampire movie, no. but it it is has similarities in the sense that there are she's a cannibal, mm-hmm. and cannibals in this film are called eaters. Eaters, and they so just disturbing. are born with this innate need to eat people. And there are a few rules, like you find in a vampire movie. There's these little mythology that is created, not as extensive as you would find in like a Lost Boys or something like that. But I love that there's this new, even though it's a lot more like gut wrenching because mm-hmm. it's not it's based in a weird reality that we do have not yes. vampires but yeah these cannibals and they can find each other th- you know through, through these different smell. ways through smell and these different characters come out you learn different things about their people essentially but this is what this girl is and she finds Timothy Chalamet who is also one before she finds Timothy Chalamet yes. though uh, this was my favorite part life is never dully without Sully <laughs> How does that make you feel? Gross. So but in a fun way. At first, I wanted Sully. So she comes across, yeah. the first person she comes across that they show like her is this old man, Sully, who finds her by her smell. And he's so weird, but he also seems very kind of precious. And I yeah. just thought, oh, my gosh, she's got this like older kind of grandpa that kind of understands her. But it's pretty clear in the beginning that there's something weird about him other than being an eater. Right. But I just really wanted him to be like the nice guy for her. Yeah. He's played by Sir Mark Raylance. Rylance. Rylance. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, what He is like a proper actor. Yeah. And his role in here was so creepy. It's like, I where know. did they find this dude? He was the BFG. If you've seen that Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl movie, he's the giant. And he's a sweet, 
Sweet Man. Uh, he was in this great movie called The Outfit mm-hmm. uh, early last year, about a year ago. He is such a good actor, and I think I've he's just sort of come into my consciousness in the last like four or five years. But he got a lot of awards for this his performance in this, mm-hmm. which is smaller but re- recurring within it. But he's so he's he was my favorite part of this movie. Really, I'm guessing his voice isn't Sully like in real life. No, he has a lot of roles where he's very quiet. Mm-hmm. But no, he's not. He's not quite that. Creepy. And he's been knighted at one point. So yeah. that actually makes me feel better. You know, once I figured out that this movie was about cannibalism and eaters, I had a really hard time processing my feelings about the very real experiences everyone who's lived in Wisconsin had around Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And in fact, in one scene, they showed her birth certificate because she never knew who her mom was and her dad gave her her birth certificate. It says that she was born in Menominee, Wisconsin, which is where Jeffrey Dahmer was born. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, there's like a little. So that's nod a little to Easter, it. the yeah. nastiest of Easter eggs in there yeah, for you. No kidding. And then we've also had Ed Gein here, so yeah. that was really hard. So it was hard to kind of. I can watch shows about vampires and monsters that aren't real, but when it comes to stuff like cannibalism, where yeah. I know that's a real thing, and that one hit really close to home. I had a hard time getting through it, but I think if you can, it's really worth it. Yeah. It's visceral. It's mm-hmm. a gory film. There's mm-hmm. there's there's gore in it. Not as much as like a typical slasher film, but there's it's very real, like you said. Yeah. The fact that it's grounded in something that does occur they, in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I just know that more than ever. I feel it like adds this gravity to it that I don't feel from a lot, you know, like even the most realistic of vampire movies. So I think that did it for me. I really it made it more visceral for me. But also having any film that creates a little mythology, especially kind of an original one like this, where if someone put this on a list of vampire movies, I would understand, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's it's a unique thing. And again, grounded not only in, so you've got a mythology and the kind of like sci-fi shock element, but you also have this very real romance that, you know, passionate young love that's happening at the same time while they're on the run and you know, you see a relationship between Timothy Chalamet and his sister and you see how that feeds into Mm -hmm. it. So I had a lot of elements that don't always pair well. And I thought it was really good. This, I, this is one that I wish I had seen when it was out because I didn't realize how much I would enjoy it, but I liked this one a lot. I really enjoyed it too. And I think if you haven't seen it yet, the beautiful part about it is that the main characters, you know, really aren't, okay with the fact they're still grappling with the fact that they are eaters and they have this urge that they can't they can only push off for so long but that part where they met the strangers in the woods and realized that one of the two strangers was eating people but that he wasn't an eater he was doing it by choice is what just really got me because I just instantly transferred that to like so many awful things in the world that people just choose to do yeah, because they are just sick people. And yeah, uh, and they're fascinated by this mm-hmm. lifestyle. The guy in that scene, the main one was played by Michael Stolbarg, who's the dad in Call Me By Your Name. So if you've seen Call Me By Your Name, he has this beautiful scene with his son where he has this whole speech that left everyone crying. It's such a, another, just like Mark Rylance, and this is what I love about this movie, such a different character than you've seen this actor in. Great character actor, and he got a real weird role. And then the, his friend, mm-hmm. who's the hanger-on, yeah, who played is- by David Gordon Green, who's a director, who's like a popular director. Uh, those Both those dudes look so familiar, yeah. but I was so entranced in like what they were doing on in this movie, I couldn't put their faces to other movies, which is good. Yeah. 
So you you liked it? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it quite a lot. I liked it quite a lot too. Was yeah. there any moment that lost you in the movie, or were you there from beginning to end? Not so much. I mean, there was a lot of moments that I thought were really devastating and intense. But that's what this movie called for in parts. You know, there, when there was this really sweet montages, I thought, oh, that's that I know I'm just waiting for the bad thing. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah. if there's any moment of levity or, or just preciousness. Well, like at the moment, at, like near the end where they were, the two main characters were together and they decided they were in love and they wanted to live a normal life. Yeah. That was really beautiful. But you knew, you just knew that that wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. And I wonder how long it could have lasted if the, what is it called, the protagonist didn't come back into it? The Wait, an, the antagonist. Anti, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad guy. Yeah, because you do. there's a need to feed. Mm-hmm. Like, they eat normally, but then every so often, apparently when you're younger, you can hold off longer. Yeah. But as you get older, you need to feed more. And so you wonder, yeah, how long can that really hold up well and then we learn halfway through the movie when the title of the movie is used as the dialogue what the change is with <laughs> oh, these people that's right like yeah. did you i always we talk about this before when they say the title of the movie in the dialogue yeah, there's always right. a moment where <laughs> mr dory zori and i are like yes high five <laughs> yeah. and when they when they said the title of it here it was really like basically when you eat the bones and all the whole person the whole person you it changes you and it doesn't seem like it's for the better yeah at all (laughs) yeah and i'm going to propose a question maybe Mm -hmm. what film out there folks do you enjoy the most that creates its own mythology and when i say that you know vampire movies are great like that Mm -hmm. because they have that but there's also like fight club Mm -hmm. had that fight club has those classic rules and there's a culture you know easily miyazaki movies they create this whole universe they call it world building or mythology. Any movies like that where they create these rules or this mythos that I really enjoy. Is there a movie that comes to mind for you as you ask yourself that question? I mean, vampire movies are the easiest ones mm-hmm. to do because they always tell you the rules. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro, all of his movies do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm always excited about when he does things like that. But yeah, Fight Club is interesting because it's based... You know, it's not a fantasy, but they have these rules in this culture that's built up around these fight clubs. Obviously, you have the rules. Don't talk about fight club, you know, et cetera. But you see them pop up and they build and how they fund themselves. It's just all these little details that I find most fascinating. Super clever writing. I would love to know if I had a chance to speak to the actors or filmmakers, like how do you prepare for a role like this? Like, it's very graphic, but there's also this beautiful, like, love story and story of connection and friendship and love in it. Like, how do you balance that? Like, yeah. I don't think really the eating part was the main part of this movie, like, the main point of this movie. I just think it was, like, this cool, weird vehicle to take you through the journey of two young people yeah. finding love. But maybe the story about, like, I don't know if anyone sits in a writer's room and like, how can we make a new movie about cannibalism? Yeah. It's like, or how do we make a movie about drug addiction and love that's not about drugs? Yeah. Like, what can we replace drugs with? Right. That kind of, that's what I thought about it because it had that vibe of like, we're just trying to score. Yeah. <laughs> how to do it without getting caught mm-hmm. and try to be normal at the same time. And maybe have standards. Yeah. Yeah. About exactly. It. I mean, I can't stop thinking about this movie, Christopher. Yeah. I would definitely recommend it. Not to everybody, but there's definitely people in my life I'd recommend it to. But for me, this is a movie I'm so glad I saw, but yeah. I never need to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <there's laughs> ever, a, ever, ever, ever. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. And that's good, too. 
uh, now I think what I would like to know more than anything else in the world. Yes. What else have we been watching? Ooh, I'll go first. Oh, okay. All right. So the thing that we just whipped through three seasons of, although the third season was only episodes eight episodes long was Southside. Oh, yes. I don't know what this is. It is a comedy about a group of people that work at a rent-to-own furniture store on the south side of <laughs> yeah. Chicago. The creators of Southside, Christopher, yeah. are also the stars. So oh, um, most of the main characters have also written and produced and directed this and which it remind me a lot of like Key and Peel that way, right? Oh, You've yeah. got a group of people that are writing their own stuff. They're clearly like really good friends. I think some of them are related, brother, sister, husband yeah. and wife in real life, but the chemistry of what they have on screen is so wonderful and you just it's just hilarious. There's a lot of references to sports figures and music figures. In fact, Chance the Rapper makes an appearance. Oh, really? Not as Chance the Rapper, (laughs) but as someone totally different in it. And it's just funny. It's fast moving. The dialogue back and forth is clever. There's an alderman in the district that is like the whitest black guy ever. And they are constantly making fun of him for the stuff he says. But it's one of those watches that you could watch a bunch of times because there's so much packed into every episode that's just oh, that's so clever great. i need another show like that south side what about you this week so i succumb often to what nicole wants to watch and she she says the evenings are for thrillers or horror movies what? all the time and it doesn't <laughs> honestly mostly it doesn't matter what it is she just wants a thriller or a horror movie i was excited about this one that when it finally became available because everyone was talking about it. It seemed so ridiculous and it looked kind of terrible, but it actually ended up being really entertaining, which was Megan. Oh, I have not seen that yeah, yet. Uh, it is about a toy maker, like a really high tech toy maker programmer played by Allison Williams, who makes this friend called it's like, it's like a Chucky, but a lot more advanced. And she makes this a toy called Megan, who is an AI who can respond and be your best friend. <laughs> and her her niece, who's staying with her, her parents recently died. She's too busy working on this, so the she bonds with the doll, Megan. And then things go awry. Whoa. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, so no huge spoilers, no. but does something specifically happen that make things go awry with this doll, or was this doll always meant to be? Like all AI movies, <laughs> the... It just seems like AI is a mistake. When will we learn our (laughs) lesson? When will we learn? Uh, They are programmed to learn. And so they learn too much. They realize. And then she, this AI gets very uh, territorial. And she, anything that bad happens to the little girl that she's attached to, she responds in a more, more and more extreme way every time. So, so yeah, there's, it's bloody. Mm -hmm. There's some killings. Some killings. Classic horror killings. Um, there's some genuinely funny, funny stuff. There's stuff in the movie that I don't know if it's funny be- intentionally mm-hmm. or just because the actor is wearing clearly a big plastic head. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we found out, we looked it up, we found out there's two actors that play Megan. There's a, like a 12 year old who, who plays her and an 18 year old. So we kept getting in arguments just in each scene going, yeah, that's the 18 year old. For sure, that's 18. That one's the 12-year-old. Just trying to <laughs> By the body movements? Scene. By the body movements, and occasionally the head seems bigger, which makes me <laughs> laugh every time. There's one where she starts dancing in the hallway, uh-huh. and I'm like, they've adjusted the height of this hallway to make her look small, because that that's an older person 
Also, that dance, I feel like they should not get a 12-year-old to do that. So that's got to be the 18-year-old. Oh, my gosh. We did a lot of we did a lot of that. So that's a fun drinking game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, Megan is on my list. I am fascinated by movies where AI that was created to be helpful goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. And get the message, universe. It goes wrong because it learns from us. Yeah. And if we as a society wasn't, weren't so messed up, yeah. AI wouldn't go there either. No, so we are not good at reining that in, no. apparently. <laughs> All right. Two super great suggestions of what to watch. Yes. Southside for some laughs. Megan for some horror slash laughs. Slash, laughs. Yeah, slash drinking so. game. Exactly. And of course, if you don't want to sleep ever again, there's always bones and all. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fun podcast today. Yeah, Pollard. absolutely. And we hope you join us next time. We would like to thank Kiri Salinas for producing our show. Big shout out to Brett Newski for our theme song. Absolutely. And to all of our members at Radio Milwaukee and at Milwaukee Film, we appreciate you. Go watch something cool this week. Please. See you soon. <laughs>